Hello and welcome to the Emerald Gamescast, episode 52. How's everyone doing? I'm pretty good. Doing pretty good? Yeah. How about you, Alex? I'm doing okay. I just, oh, now I know what my name is, because normally you introduce us, but if you hadn't said my name, I wouldn't know. Right, who I am you're right, you're right. You know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, <laughs> actually, it hasn't been longer since last episode than it's usual. Just it just week. feels <laughs> like it, because it's, it's like been such a, a weird week, but you're right. My name's Nolan. <laughs> With me is, as always, I'm Janelle. And also, is this just what we're gonna do now yeah and also alex come on i'm not gonna introduce you twice i'm alex okay you know what and i i saw that the uh the food fumble podcast uploaded the other day and i'm i'm inspired so i brought a can of something and listener try and try and guess what it is oh you hear that okay. hear that that fizzling carbonation that was a big justin mcelroy moment yeah there's a little, little, little bit of mcelroy moment uh Honestly, whatever you whatever you're drinking at home, listener, pretend it's what I'm drinking and bond with with us over this talk of this week's video game news. All the big news. Well, All the big news. Actually, Nolan, you're making a mistake. You should be letting them know that we're drinking fancy French water because now we're millionaires. French water? Wow, Lacroix. Lacroix? Millionaires? Lacroix, yeah, we're mi- we're billionaires. How, does, Why, how, how could a couple so millennials become millionaires so quickly? <laughs> By playing a lot of video games. Wait a second. That's not right. Buy? I don't understand how it Sell. Buy. Don't sell. Keep Hold. buying stocks. Diamond hands. Diamond hands. Okay. What, what, what's, what's happening here <laughs> is we're attempting to segue into our first news story of the week. I was doing a good job. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really good. In fact, it was so good, I would buy 10 shares of your segue. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to them while you finish the segue. Okay. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about it. GameStop is. Uh, how do you talk about this? Stocks okay, are up. Stocks are up. Stocks, Stocks are, are up. up. Um. So, listener, if you read any news or have a. <laughs> have a mom who knows you like video games then you probably know that some funky stuff happened and now GameStop stock prices are through the roof <laughs> and that's been happening all week long don't ask me how it happened i think i know but i don't want to embarrass myself so um i, I have yeah. a little anecdote to tell first of all my mom is one of those people that watches the news and she was like Oh, you heard about this GameStop thing, right? And I was like, "Yeah, it's it's pretty wild." And she's like, "Oh, I think it's really cool that people are are so nostalgic over GameStop that they're willing to support it, but it's too bad that they're gonna like crash the economy." And I had to like <laughs> stop for a second and like process that because that was not my understanding of the story at all, and I'm pretty sure that's not it. If you couldn't tell, by the way, from the fact that we run a video game podcast, we are not business majors. Um, <laughs> we are not financial advisors. We are just people who are on the internet and understand that this tangentially relates to GameStop. And if, perchance, there are any business people or investors listening to this, I want to make one thing very, very <laughs> abundantly clear. The group of investors listening to us before their big 9 a.m. Well, they need yeah, to get yeah. the, new, they need, they need yeah, get the yeah, news yeah. tips yeah. so yeah. they know what game company to invest in. But let me make one thing incredibly clear. 
Nobody has ever liked GameStop. <laughs> ever. Well, that's that's not that that's that. I think that's quite reductive. I mean, like I Nobody... I've got everything from GameStop growing up because GameStop was all we had, and GameStop oh, like, like took over everything. I... I, don't, no, I, 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 I think it's weird to assume that people just always had, like, a strong, no. like, opinion against GameStop. Have you ever had a positive experience at GameStop, my, Nolan? Yes. As a as a 14-year-old girl, my dream was to work at GameStop. <laughs> like, no, like, of, like, of course I had. Like, like, I don't think GameStop is a good store, but it's not like when I was 15, I went into a GameStop and I was like, mm, man, this corporate store does nothing to satiate my true gamer palate. Yeah, but were you upset <laughs> I mean, that they only gave you a couple bucks for your games? Or, like, you had to oh, yeah, that's games true. through Ab- them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody's Absolutely. ever had a positive experience with GameStop. People are not buying into GameStop stock because they like the... Co- I mean, literally, what they're saying online is true. They're buying the stock because they like it and because it's funny. They like okay. the stock. I am, like, I'm sure everyone's heard, heard the news, but like, like the, like the two-sentence rundown is that a Wall Street investment firm saw that GameStop was failing and they basically tried to short the stock to drive the price down. And a bunch of people on Reddit noticed and got together and started buying the stock and mass to spike the price back up partially in like a semi-ironic weird thing to do with like what alex is talking about this like semi-ironic affection for gamestop as this like trash company that they want to see how long they can drag it out but also to kind of like stick it to the hedge funds that were 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 shorting a stock that was already down to four dollars yeah and and What's that now? I want to circle back to something from a minute ago. Yeah. I said, yeah, the investors who listen to our podcast, and you said, yeah, they need to know what's what's up or whatever. We have had a lot of episodes where we've talked about how GameStop was failing. I know this isn't at all. Oh, yeah. But I'd like to imagine that one of them listened to us enough times and we're like, that's the company. (laughs) Like, that's the one. (laughs) That's the one. What do you guys think Reggie's thinking? (laughs) (laughs) reggie's reggie left he's like not with gamestop anymore he just showed on to do like advisory and left wait really yeah yeah oh because he's like he's like fully retired he bought a boat and everything he's just like hanging out on the east coast now yeah oh so you know it's it's news for the podcast almost because it's it's necessary like i i think that we sort of figured that if we didn't bring up the GameStop stock craze, some listener would be like, why didn't the Emerald Games cast bring up the GameStop thing? Because it's the thing happening but- in video game news. But the but the fact of it is that the only thing I think we wanted to make clear to listeners, because we're not going to tell you how the economy works, because we don't study that. We We don't know. Is that like Alex said, and just to be clear to reiterate what he said, it's not because GameStop found some successful business model. So like if that, like my mom also texted me something kind of similar um because the the new like especially the business press is just being very weirdly distant and and uh not like incorrect so much but like just it placing a strange emphasis on the way this is reported because they can't plug it into the market formula they're not sure what to do about this it's not because gamestop found some successful thing but for the record if you're interested what they want to do is they want to become like the amazon of video games is what the current ceo wants to do I will it happen? It. I don't know. Do you like, think it will happen? Well, they're going to have an influx of money, it sounds like. And <laughs> whoever was trying to short them will absolutely not have that money. I think the only thing this really has to do with video games at all is just the fact that like these big companies or like media outlets like the Wall Street Journal, 
think that this is related to video games when it's not and are acting like just like a bunch of crazy gamers who are in love with GameStop went nutso and bought a <laughs> bunch of shares in GameStop. Nobody gives a shit. I don't Save agree with you. Alex that nobody ever liked GameStop. Um, I used to like GameStop, so that's my proof. But um, nobody cares about GameStop anymore. That is a fact, objectively. <laughs> and it's not like people are like... We have to protect GameStop from Wall Street. It's just funny because nobody likes rich people. Yeah, that's the main thing, right? Like, so, but they saw an opportunity and they took it. And I mean, realistically, there are going to be some other hedge funds latching onto this. But like, this is very, this is a very clear, like, hey, we have a lot of power, which, you know, sounds pretty similar to like a general strike or something. Just throwing that out there. That's a possibility that people could do. Um, Listener, e- email us if you've had a good experience with GameStop because I, 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 I think Alex is being very cynical. GameStop's a bad company. I don't like going to GameStop, but like I loved it when I was a kid. I no, no, no. Did you love fun. GameStop or did you love the video games you bought from GameStop? I loved both. That can go I go into GameStop, any... they're playing a cool video of like K- Kirby and they got, I don't know. GameStop man. I, was, was the only store that like had... The dumb GameStop news on the TV, so I'd walk in and people were talking about oh, yeah. video games. I got, I got, I got Game Informer every month, and I used to go up the street yeah, to my friend's cul-de-sac, and we would sit on the curb and we would read Inside Xbox and Game Informer like cover to cover together, and you know, get super hyped. To I used to love going into GameStop and putting down five dollars on the table to like get the game printed or whatever. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't like GameStop as an older person who prefers local shops. But yeah, but um, Nolan, even as a kid, it's not like it's not like GameStop was like Alex, a, was like a trash fire stop, for everyone that ever walked in. Stop all, invalidating all, all, all our obsession with GameStop. It's not an obsession. With, <laughs> well, now you're making it sound bad. What are you no, doing? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. People could like GameStop before. I don't but like then, Disney Channel original movies anymore, but I used to, and that's valid. Alex, you're like you're you're like you're like, reminding, you're, like you're, you're like reminding me of those people right now who were like eight when the fourth season of SpongeBob aired, and they were like, "Oh man, I stopped watching SpongeBob when it when the humor just got bad when I when I was in fourth grade." It just it was like I just I couldn't you know they they totally flanderized SpongeBob's character. No one's like, the, dude, you you were nine. The difference what are you is about? all of the reasons that you said you liked GameStop were all peripheral things that are not related to GameStop. Right? But, yeah, no, but, but here's the thing, Alex. Like, I had small video game stores in my town that I also went to. GameStop is the one that I liked to go to. I, th- I think GameStop is bad. I'm just talking about, like, it's not like my whole life. No, I was I know, like, I, I want to get the new Call of Duty, but yeah. I, can't, I can't bear to go to GameStop. <laughs> like, oh, no. GameStop was a necessary evil in my mind, right? Like, it was <laughs> always like, oh, they never gave like, me so... enough money for my video games. I traded in. I had to pre-order through them and no one else because I wanted the special, like, items that they'd give you for pre-ordering. Yeah, see, when I was, like, 10 years old, I didn't think about how I wish that they didn't have a monopoly on the video game market. <laughs> I just thought, I can't wait to go buy video games. Well, I was just fucking fancy, built but... different, I guess. I guess so, smart guy. Alex, how Alex many stocks came, do you own, out, smart guy? Alex came out of the womb, and he was like, and he was like, Microsoft points? Why can't I just pay fifteen dollars for a game? What do you mean six? What do you, what do you mean twelve hundred Microsoft points? Are Alex, you trying to obfuscate your currency to confuse me and make me think that my points are worth more than they are? Alex the doctor actually, said, "What's going on? This is nineteen ninety six. I don't understand." Alex actually bullied us into talking about the stock market thing because he's so obsessed with the fucking stock market. Always has been. He was born with a tie on. It was weird. Alex, Alex, I didn't know what I was born was like, in. 
Your mom showed us a picture one time. Oh no! <laughs> at the age of at the age of six, Alex was like, "Yeah, this streaming service thing is great, mom, but wait until <laughs> there's twelve of them. It'll be just like cable subscription packages. You you will never you like Disney movies right now? It's terrible that I have to wait for them to release on the vault." I can, can I, I give hey listen can I give one piece of actual advice to our listeners as far yeah, as the yeah. economy goes? The other day I spent seventeen dollars on two hundred and twenty-five shares of Dogecoin. Oh. <laughs> it was like six cents. And a now coin. it's worth nothing. Every, everybody was like Dogecoin's gonna go through it's gonna be like a dollar fifty a coin. Buy and it now, look, five cents. I, I did the same thing, but I also, like, like I tweeted this, I think, but it's like Tinkerbell. The moment everyone stops believing in Dogecoin, the moment it stops, is the moment it stops making money, right? Belief is the only reason Dogecoin even exists in the first place. It's like somebody made, it's like money, man. I, I'm going to share my, what I hope is a non-controversial opinion on this podcast. Yeah. I fucking hate Elon Musk. That's, I hate that him. is a not controversial. How is that related? Because I was, I was like with those Reddit bros when I was thinking, God, I hope, I hope Musk just throws a hundred thousand dollars down on Dogecoin. I was really counting on that. <laughs> because okay. all he has to do is tweet about it, and then people are like, "We have to buy this." Yeah, I, and I was like, "Elon, come on, come on!" <laughs> this gotta, is this is video game. I've got to grab that. I've I got to grab that because that that's that that's a perfect segue into like a little tertiary unlisted news story that I feel like is interesting. I want to ask you guys if you heard about this. Sure. Have you seen this, um, like, re- this uh, shareholder meeting presented render of the new Tesla model interior? Oh, I started angry no, tweeting what? about this. Have you seen this? Okay, listener. Yeah. Listener, go, go look it up. I don't know if it's like Model S, but listener, we can't put up visuals, so you do it. Look up Tesla model, the newest one, whatever. The <laughs> interior picture, uh, whatever, it's a car, you know. It, <laughs> maybe you'll have opinions about the weird square steering wheel that looks like an F1 car, maybe. But the more important Where thing is, are you the, seeing is that the, the, the dashboard of the car in this oh, picture shows a uh selector that looks like a netflix queue but it's 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 on like, the witcher 3 it's on the witcher 3 it's on the witcher in, 3 in the side of the dashboard of a car so, it's the witcher 3 it is the most like pandering hysterical it's amazing um, there was a thing I, a few I found out about this. I found out about this because former friend of the show Jeff Keeley tweeted about it. And there's like a list of games that you can play. And I got really fucking mad because not only do I hate Elon Musk, but why the fuck would you put video games in cars? It, yeah, God, video games in cars in the front seat. It's, I, yeah. it's just think that it, you know. Okay, it made me like look into this more, and it turns out that they want to. You know, they being Tesla wants to open their own sort of like Steam slash PSN type platform for game sales, but for Teslas. And, like only uh, to play in Teslas. I can't play any Tesla games on my PC. I didn't read far enough to find out if this would be a storefront for multiple platforms or whether <laughs> it'd be for for like a Tesla car. You know, since I sent the listener on that mission to look up the car, maybe they can fill in the rest of the story for themselves on that one. Because it's not in our list, so we should probably um, talk about the news that is. But I thought that was weird enough to, to bring up. Yeah, okay. I, I did not know about this, but I hate this. Thank you for showing this to me, <laughs> because now I'm, I'm angry. I'm filled with the rage of a dragon. <laughs> oh, shit. Remember when it was Cuphead the first time? They picked, they picked the <laughs> hardest platformer on the market, like the one that requires the most <laughs> concentration to play. What if, yeah. speaking of dragons, <laughs> yes. what if they put Yakuza in a car? 
I feel like that would be a stupid bullshit Yakuza side mission where you have already, to like... It already is. You drive a taxi in Yakuza 5. No, no, no. I mean like where you have to drive a car and also play a video game at the same time. Oh, yeah. Like you'd like get into a car and then start that like... Like side story music. Yeah, and exactly. Like, what? Remember that a one... video game controller instead of a steering wheel? <laughs> Do you remember that one uh, mission in, I think it was Saints Row 3, where there's like a tiger, you, you have to like drive a tiger from point A to point B. The tiger's in the, the like passenger seat of your car. And you have to do specific tricks to satiate the tiger. And if the tiger gets too angry, it'll eat you. So, like, what? there are prompts that show up on the screen, like, power slide for five seconds to soothe the tiger. <laughs> it's amazing. I love that game. How about that mission in in, uh, in Yakuza Kiwami 2, where you go, like, up the Osaka castle to, to save this kidnapped girl, and then the Yakuza boss you're fighting is like, ha, you won't get past these. And he opens a door, and two tigers come out. <laughs> And Kiryu rips his shirt off and he, he just has to fist fight two tigers. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, this is worth mentioning because now that Toshihiro Nagoshi is stepping down as Sega's chief creative officer and moving into a more creative role as the creative director, we're hoping that he puts all of his games in the new Teslas. Perfect segue. Are we? Thank you. Are we Kiryu Kazuma that? to your segue. Yeah, we're, we're hoping that he puts his games in cars so that when people fucking die from this um fox news can blame video games more for death that's right listener if you don't know who he is he made yakuza and super monkey ball and super monkey ball that's right yeah yeah and uh well you know nell nell put it out there so i guess the previous role i didn't know this so the previous role of cco chief creative officer must have been more of like an administrative thing but it looks like this new role as creative director he's going to be a lot closer to game development you know, more more in terms of, like, crafting the, the product itself. I yeah. Mean, Go ahead, sorry, Janelle, sorry. No, you're good. Um, I, you know, as a non-business major, I think we should change the name of our podcast, but we'll, we'll circle back <laughs> on that. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that I don't actually know what any of these jobs mean, but I do know that the latter Yakuza games have all been what is, in my opinion, like, substantially better than the earlier games so i am excited to see him have more time to focus on creative things because man yakuza 7 is the best yakuza game and he's just really going hard on making good content so i would imagine as a creative director at least it seems like according to this article like that you're doing less of delegating other creatives onto projects and more of actually sort of shaping the things that the company is, is putting out art- artistically so yeah if Sega games start looking uh, and playing more like Yakuza games. Great, more more of the uh, fun fun references and and mini games and like inventiveness and willingness to be fun and silly and gamey. He all talked about, about how he wanted to direct a Sonic game, right? Well, I think that what it was is there was an interview where somebody asked like if you did direct a Sonic game, what would uh... you do? And he he pretty much said it would be very different. I don't remember, he didn't give any details, but I, I well God because dang, I Sonic wish he would start punching Yakuza. No, he made he made Monkey Ball. He made Monkey Ball too. Yeah, where you punch monkeys as a Yakuza. No, he, he made he, he made <laughs> Yakuza ball. ball. He made that he made that NASCAR game for the Dreamcast. Where you drive? <laughs> yeah, Yakuza. that's right. That's yeah. right. Where he 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 made he made F Zero GX. Oh my god! Wait, he did. For. Yeah, he sure yeah. did. He well he well he was the he was the producer. He did he didn't. Oh, he didn't, he didn't direct didn't. it. No, I'm looking yeah. at his Wikipedia page. He made uh he made the Virtual Fighter series. He was a 
one of the directors he was like a shadow director on Shenmue like Yu Suzuki gets all the credit but um that makes actually, a lot of sense he actually yep. directed a lot of Shenmue he, he he was he was kind of like the you know non-George Lucas figure in that transaction and then actually it's the exact same character arc with Yu Suzuki as George Lucas with the prequels <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense though because those games are very the Yakuza games are very Shenmue inspired they're Shen- yes. what if Shenmue was fun Shenmue is fun. Okay, no one. Okay, we'll have a whole separate episode <laughs> about Shenmue, listener. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to move on to the next one, but I want to say beforehand, as like a like trigger warning, I guess that we're gonna be like mentioning some abusive sexual things. Um, and if you don't want to listen to that, you should probably stop listening right now. There's nothing like, or at least for the next like for the next couple minutes. minutes. Yeah. 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 We don't have anything like explicit to say, but it's just worth mentioning. Um, a new. This mod came out for Fallout New Vegas like a week or two ago now, I think. And people have been looking forward to this for a really long time. It's this is like, like one of the hour... biggest Fallout yeah. mods ever made. And it's impressive, ever. too, from what I've seen. Yeah, it's like 60 plus hours set in Portland, Oregon. It's called The Frontier. Um, it was promising, whatever. People started playing it and noticing that some aspects of it were kind of weird. People were saying it was a bit fetishy. Um, we'll get into that in a second, but the main story is that it's been, I don't know if this is still the case, but it was taken off of modding sites because one of the people associated with creating it put some... It's, it's like, it's like set on, on Nexus mods. It's hidden behind a sort of like an adult content filter. It's okay. still, it's still there, but it's marked as an adult mod now. Um, one of the people who helped create it in whatever aspect, I don't know his exact role, he uploaded some pedophilic content to Twitter. Um, nothing like that isn't... Well, that is not in the game, but it's still worth mentioning because that's pretty Not acceptable, up. yeah. It, yeah. Was, um, it was an artist, one of the artists for the, the, the project, and he has since been ousted from the team. Like, they, the, the, the full team, including the project lead, um, denounced him, right. and they have sort of... He's been banned from their their discord and whatnot um i don't know if the mod's going to go away but like the website for the mod is down the the thing about it though the reason that for me it isn't just a matter of well they got rid of that guy and if that's not in the game who cares is that like some of the other content is really strange i think nolan you can explain it a little bit better because you're a little bit more familiar with the exact like dialogue used in the game yeah so um it yeah, Janelle's right that it isn't. It isn't just sort of like, oh my god, we didn't realize that this artist uh, had some some weird stuff going on in his head because the mod itself um, reflects a very weird interpretation of the Fallout, sort of like the things that the series has used to great effect in the past, like in in uh, representations of of slavery and things of that ilk have been used artistically in the series to talk about those institutions or whatnot or explore the way that humanity might experience uh interacting with them after the 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 fall of civilization but in in this game a lot of those are in this mod a lot of those same things um in particular slavery uh and in 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 more particular sexual slavery are used Mm -hmm. in in a very like unironic way uh to the point where the player can actually make one of their companions which is a an underage um woman who not coincidentally is named america um which 
you know, unpack that how you will. Uh, by the end of the game, you can turn America into a sex slave. Yeah. Um, by putting like a collar on her neck that will ex- basically like explode if she were to disobey. And uh, they that stuff is you stuff is in the game unironically. And there's like things like if there's a famous enemy in the Fallout series called the Death Claw. Um, I heard about this. Which is <laughs> this is just it, stupid. The de- Death Claws. It, it would be like encountering like a bear in the woods. They're not. They're not sentient. Uh, well, they're sentient. You know what I mean. But they're 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 not okay. creatures you can talk to. They're just wild animals. They're, and, they're and wild, this, giant, scary animals. They're like, wild, giant, scary, like predator, alien-looking animals. Big, and scary, in this horned game, lizard. Yeah. They have made it so that you can have sex with one. Uh, and then when the mod came out after taking that guy off the team, they also removed the deathclaw sex they removed uh the option to enslave the companion named america but the thing the reason that this doesn't sit well even after that uh well first of all it's because they did it in the first place but second of all is that if you've played fallout new vegas in particular even more than any of the other fallout games fallout new vegas's um factions the caesar's legion and the ncr are the new california republic like the people trying to basically rebuild america right the 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 two factions uh you know are commentaries on imperialism and fascism um and part of the fun of fallout new vegas is exploring these mindsets and exploring these societies in an in-depth way with writing that it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say is is like has a kind of literary bent it's it's very it's a lot deeper than it appears um, at the surface. But people that are going to make a mod like this with this kind of content, like the bulk of this mod focuses on role-playing within the Caesar's Legion, which is like the ancient Roman, super hyper-fascist, um, xenophobic faction. And that's where the bulk of the role-playing in the game is. Like once you realize who these people are, the entire thing takes on a whole different character. And then you think that it's set in the burned-out ruins um, of Portland, Oregon, where everything has gone to hell and people are enslaving America and stuff. And it's just like, oh, wow, what does this mean? And why in, in, in this climate at this time to have this be the biggest mod in the history of the of the Fallout games? I think <laughs> what's interesting to mention really quick is that they've been doing two separate things to get around this one is they're all trying to throw each other under the bus <laughs> yeah, and the second thing is they're doing a whole bunch of that but it was just a joke it's satire it's just a joke we're just commenting on the things that are already in these games and well yeah it's true that the fall games like they talk about slavery and stuff there is a difference between discussing these things in your work of art and taking them to a weird perverse place janelle real quick what is you you know much more about fallout than i do what is the faction that is like american far-right nationalist that built the robot that like detects communism do you know the, the name brother, of that group you're talking about the brotherhood of steel uh but no the uh the oh, it's one the, word the enclave yeah i think that's it i think that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. the enclave was... didn't didn't build the robot you're talking about but and they did actually they were fighting against it but the point you're making is is still true yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. yeah so i i guess there was some discussion about that because there was some sort of way that they were represented that made them seem super cool and awesome in this new game right i don't know how true that is because i haven't played it and i don't know much about fallout lore 
but I do know that the nationalist far right faction is like supposedly the quote unquote best one in in this mod, which is which is pretty reflective of the creators ideologies in in a concerning way yeah i haven't heard about that but i suppose I it wouldn't either. surprise me yeah. um i mean like if if we will try and find something on that and source it in the description um but uh it's it's just all around weird and it's it's sad because you know to make a mod like this you would need to be a, ve a very dedicated fan of a game uh like fallout new vegas and Fallout New Vegas is just it's 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 one of the most fascinating and politically bold and thought-provoking games of its generation and I just find it sad that the aesthetics of the game are what someone like a modder would latch on to like oh this game's big and loud and violent and it has yeah. sex and slavery and that's what's cool about it not that's... not the way that it's talking about america and, and society and making you you're supposed to be thinking a little bit deeper than just how cool it is to blow up a head or whatever yeah that's actually what i was gonna bring up like i don't generally try to police how people enjoy media except for in this case obviously <laughs> but like this seems like a pretty valid one to yeah this, this time it's this time it's fine but like it is upsetting when people are like yeah i love this thing but then they get like the weirdest mesh message from it like um how a bunch of alt-right boys have been like yeah this is like 1984 yeah <laughs> and it's like yeah. this isn't what that's not have you read that book that's not for you and and yeah I was... so it's like how how does this happen like fallout has never been <laughs> those games have never made me come out of them going fuck yeah i love that group in fallout 3 who enslaves people you see them and you feel gross because it's gross. How do you get anything but that from this? And and we're and it's not like it's not like Fallout's never been on the nose. By the way, like the 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 faction that takes slaves in Fallout Three, their their headquarters is the Lincoln Memorial, except Lincoln's yeah. head has been cut off and is like fallen down by his feet. I mean, it's not it it's not subtle, which makes it even worse. In a way. One yeah. thing that I did hear about this mod <laughs> is that apparently it's very technically impressive. Like these, it sounds oh, yeah. to me like they got cars working, which I guess was something it's, that even, uh, even Obsidian Bethesda tried to make. Do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's Bethesda. They, they, but Bethesda couldn't even make a train move on a, on a track in Fallout 3. Wow. But like, it, it, <laughs> it sounds to me like this is a group of people who like have technical know-how who didn't understand the, the story context they were like hey we have the ability to make a game physically we can make this game let's make it everything else just doesn't matter right that's not as well, important as what we want to focus on and in this case it was a very very harmful thing that and also like i don't know how many people worked on this but i imagine it's like a lot Probably of other problematic media like do you think one of the random people who did some coding for this game like who didn't know about this stuff is like feeling great right now. I'm actually yeah. thinking about the, I, I wondered that about the voice cast. And I actually wondered that before this came out and before people knew, because one of the first things that struck me when I saw that somebody was making a giant Fallout New Vegas mod that would explore further faction rivalries and stuff is I thought that Fallout New Vegas is already walking such a fine line between having an imperialist, an independent, like, 
a borderline libertarian and a fascist faction or whatever and asking you to like not only sympathize but also try to understand with all these different angles without like drawing a line on in the sand about what you're supposed to be doing or thinking about it and it's it's it ends up being fascinating but it's like that only worked because some of the best people in the industry were doing it yeah and i thought i would not know if i want to lend my voice to a project like this if i were a voice actor which by the way and the reason i bring it up is because some of the people and unfortunately i can't find the cast list because like the site is taken down but i i remember looking at the cast list the day that this mod uh came out and they've got some big people they have some celebrity guests uh they they have like one of the voice actors from from start from the new star wars cartoon wow uh wow. is on there um they they have like some some people that have been in games for a while i mean there's like there's like 30 or 40 voice actors on that game and I mean, if you've done any any kind of like freelance style acting, I mean, you would know you basically get sent lines in your email and you read them and send them back. And you don't you don't get like this. You don't get this whole script of the game. You don't get to know yeah. what else is there. So um, that must feel strange for them, too. For context, 30 voice actors is more than Bethesda has collectively <laughs> in all of their other games. Are you serious? No, uh, I just, no. no it just oh. really, really but sounds like it if you play those games. Dude, Obliv <laughs> Oblivion, uh, this is no joke, Oblivion had like 14 voice actors. Yeah. Wow. And, and, you, and you can tell. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and not only that, they wrote the same, they would have different voice actors for different races and different genders say the same line. <laughs> so I, I remember would, that from Skyrim, yeah. It's so weird. But yeah, this sucks. Um, kind of reminds me, actually, of uh, do you, do you, are you familiar with Hunt Down the Freeman? Yeah, Either totally. Yeah, that was a that was another. It was not a detestable, gross mod like this one, but it was a bad one for uh, Half Life Two, and they had a bunch of like YouTubers and like content creators just like do the same thing, just have them do voices. And when the game came out, and people realized, oh, this is a bad game. Almost all of them were like, yeah, we're, we're sorry we took part in this. We didn't get the whole context. We got, like, a couple lines, like you said. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's not an unusual thing that happens. Yeah. It's like now it's now it's on, like, the porn section of Nexus Mods and these people who were like, yeah, so... This is you know, on my here's... Wikipedia article and my resume <laughs> yeah. now, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? You guys remember, um, you guys remember Pro Jared? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Reggie, Reggie... You know, CEO doing videos Nintendo. with Pro Jared. Yeah, I remember he that. He came and made videos with Pro Jared, and then yeah. Pro Jared like uploaded dick pics online and got, got you know, in this whole scandal about sending um, pictures to to minors and fans. And I'm just imagining like what Nintendo, because that was he was literally the only YouTuber that Nintendo ever like gave that close of access to. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just oh god like. Yeah. If I were in charge of a company like this, I'd be so scared of just any community content at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a what a minefield, man. Seriously. What a minefield. I was excited too cuz like it's set in Portland. It's set in Oregon. Yeah. yeah. How cool is that? The yeah, closest the we ever come Fallout 2 gets up into the Klamath region in southern Oregon. It's the closest we've ever come. Autzen Stadium is in uh yeah. they did they did a little bit of geographical Maneuvering, but Autzen Stadium is in that that mod, at least as far as I am aware. I don't it's, know if it's, it still it's is. funny. It's funny because you're right because it's you know Autzen Stadium in the mod is like it's like a, like an hour's walk south of of Portland, like yeah. it, like like in game time. It's just like I didn't right know there. that. What <laughs> what was funny about it watching the trailer before we knew all of this is that like 
parts of it kind of look like Portland, I guess, but it definitely Kinda. doesn't look like Portland. It's like super it icy and it's yeah. like super icy and snowy, and it's well, it's, it's, it's not... a nuclear winter, right? Is yeah. the joke and the sort of it's like, like the idea. buildings though, like you know what Portland looks like. If you know what Portland yeah. looks like, you know that this doesn't look like Portland. I remember seeing one picture and I thought, oh wow, that's the Union Station train yard, and oh that's the steel bridge, and then every other picture I was like, that's a snowy street. <laughs> Maybe that's in Portland. I can't tell. I'm sure Portland say. has streets. Yeah, Portland had streets. Rumor has it. I'm and, familiar uh, with yeah. Portland. The idea of Portland having streets. Well. Oh well, yeah. That's that's the gist of that one. There's not so much more to say except um, if you want to play Fallout New Vegas: The Frontier, just uh, just play Fallout New Vegas. It's great. Yeah. It's one of the best games out there, and you can get it on Steam for like ten dollars. It's so cheap now. And you should, because... Good game. You know, life's short, man. <laughs> Come on. Life's short. Play Come on, man. game. Play, play Fallout. Play Yakuza. Play Super play Monkey Ball. Super Monkey Ball. Play Never. Kentucky Route Zero. And that's it. Wow. Those are all the video games that Those you're are allowed all to play. Four best if you play anything time. else, you are disowned by the Emerald Games cast. That's right. That's right. Alex, give us... I'm sorry. Don't you mean Alex Big Brain McKnight? Alex Big Brain McKnight. Al- Alex Born with a Tie. My name, yeah. No, uh, that this is for the next one. Alex Big Brain McKnight. Alex Alex Meat Meat Peripheral McKnight. What's going like? on with Excuse you? Tell us about <laughs> what am I just brain... a piece of meat peripheral to you? Tell us about the Big Brain Meat Peripherals. Uh, y'all know about Gabe Newell. I know about Gabe Newell. He made he made this video game. I don't know if people have heard about it or care. It's called like Half Life. It's just this little Oral. tiny little tiny game. He made this uh. This uh, site called Steam. I'm not sure if anyone's like familiar with it, but uh, yeah, I prefer. But Epic. yeah, yeah. Um, but he <laughs> is currently like stuck in New Zealand because he went there before the pandemic, and the New Zealand government was like, "Hey, any travelers, you have like two days to leave. Otherwise, you stay here until we open back up." And so him and like the group of people he went with all decided to stay. So he's just hanging out in New Zealand. I guess he threw, like, a music festival because New Zealand is able to, like, be kind of normal now. They don't have... I've actually heard that they're completely normal now and don't have any virus restrictions because they solved it there. Yeah, yeah, they did it. Um, Which, I mean, part of it is them being an island nation. Part of it is them having common sense and, like, decent governance. But about Um, the Gabe man, though. Well, it's because they have Gabe Newell there to create new um, video game content for everyone in New Zealand. (laughs) Yes. The, The... yeah. New Zealand equivalent of like NBC News uh, got in touch with Gabe because, you know, he's obviously like a, a fairly popular, wealthy, interesting guy and just sort of sat down and chatted with him for a while. They talked about how he th- he was considering moving Valve offices from uh, Seattle or not Seattle, but like Washington to New Zealand. Um, he talked about the idea of like a Dota tournament being held in New Zealand, uh, but he also went on this interesting thing about uh, a brain computer interface that valve has been t- kind of toying around with uh which is i they call it a bci throughout the article it's kind of like a headset that would like go on your head and your face and around your eyes and like detect like impulses like sweat or like your emotions or whatever and then like transfer that into the game like if you're sweating if you're nervous then it'll make the game easier to like mitigate that if you're feeling pretty confident the game will get harder. Um, and then he goes on some other stuff that we'll talk about a little bit later. But Well, the, 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 the reason that the segue was so weird is because he called eyes 
meat peripherals. He said yeah. that, he said that they were creating something that quote will make the real world seem flat, colorless, blurry, uh, compared to the experiences you'll be able to create in people's brains. He says the real world will stop being the metric that we apply to the best possible visual fidelity. I mean he's he's talking about literally creating some kind of tech that just hooks into your brain yeah completely whereas current vr listener you probably know but current vr is basically a kind of technology that you can um have your eyes right up against screens without losing visual clarity because the screens are sort of like curved or mapped in a way that your eyes can kind of perceive them correctly and they sort of offset in the right way to make you have a sense of depth but this would be like actually hooking into your your just like i don't know your nerves yeah. or something. well he's talking about two he talks about two different things the first one is yeah. one that like he has that i guess they've already been doing work on which is like again a headset that goes over your head and like detects your feelings and impulses or whatever which is kind of creepy yeah and then the second one opinion. that he's like oh this is the future is like a direct port into your brain that can like edit one thing he talks about is like being able to like set how long you sleep and make sure you get full like REM sleep or like changing your emotions based on the headset which is which is far far more terrifying to me he he yeah. br he briefly mentions the possibility of using these technologies to like you know he he's saying one of the one, one of the ethical issues is that the fact that this technology would be able to be used to simulate pain would make, make people feel pain possibly far more than like a person reasonably should but because it wouldn't actually be being hurt you know they could go through with it but he's talking about how you know oh maybe we could use that to to map uh, a video game character's pain to some lesser degree onto a player they could feel it but but he's like yeah we definitely would have to think about the implications of yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all he says is it's a complicated topic in and of himself. Valve's or whole in, thing, in and of itself, which is true. It is one of one of Valve's whole things that every game they make they want to be revolutionary, and I think for the most part they do a pretty damn good job at it. Right? Um, that's one of the reasons that you know rumor has it Half Life Three keeps starting and stopping, getting delayed and restarted because they can't figure out what the hook should be. Right? Half-Life 2 had the it's first, VR. like, physics engine in any video game, right? Well, Half-Life Alex is seen as, like, the best example of how virtual reality can work in a video game. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, about, I don't know about first physics engine in any video game, but it had, like, it... it I mean, the totally, only... To my understanding, you know, the only well, other one was... physics for that end. To my, to my understanding, the only other physics engine that, like, worked was uh, Jurassic Park Trespasser which does not work in that game. It's like a weird like video game understanding of how physics work compared to Half-Life 2, which was like, hey, this is, again, video games, but an approximation of how physics work, right? And mm -hmm. like them wanting to make the Source engine literally open source so anyone can use it and like being very open to mods and like letting people make whatever they want with their games. Their whole thing mm -hmm. is that okay. they're very like forward-thinking in everything they do. And if they can't do anything that's that forward-thinking they'll usually just decide, let's scrap it and start over. Um, but this is this is something that seems very in character for them, but yeah, also weird yeah. for that to be very, like, video game-oriented. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think this will ever be a thing in our lifetimes. I think exactly what he's talking about with being able to tell this thing, I need eight hours of sleep. I need however many hours of REM sleep. Please make me go to bed now. I don't buy it. Um, and I also, I know this isn't the fun podcaster response, but um, I fucking hate when millionaires do this dumb bullshit when there is far more important shit to help with. Oh yeah, this is very this is very Elon Musky of him. I want which to, is disappointing. I want I want to do another like like listener, please email your opinion on because I'm I'm still stuck several moments in the past. Listener, email us your opinion on what the first video game physics engine was. Because as far as I'm concerned, a lot of 2D games already had like momentum calculations for slopes and stuff. And I, I mean, like, there's going to be there's got to be a discussion on on what where the threshold is that you define. Like, what complexity of physics are you working with to the point where it counts as a game having physics? Because like Sonic had momentum physics, and Mario had different jumping physics on different characters. I'm, I'm just saying it's something to think about. So get, go on at ODE Gamescast. Tell us what you think the first physics... Pong had physics in, in it. Okay, that ball that, that ball had bouncing yeah. trajectories and it had speed and it had it had impact. You but know? those are very abstracted... Again, I think you raise an interesting point where it's like, oh, is this physics? But they're very abstracted and not like, hey, this is representative of like how physics operate in the real world. Was the, was so the, was the, first, was the first game that had shooting... The first game that used projectiles, or the first game that used ray tracing, or the first—I mean, how what threshold of complexity do you need to be simulating for it to count? Well, what's you nice know, that's is what I'm that saying. Gabe Newell's new headset will be able to tell you all of those the answers to all of it'll them. Just it put will. it right in your brain. Yeah, yeah. it'll be yeah. it'll be like an Alexa. I can just ask it. Did it, did it turn do on? That. Did it turn on when I said that? No, we were safe. Guys, it's like the telescreen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think the open BCIs. I think it's it's kind of bizarre. I, I don't I don't like when Gabe Newell is talking about <laughs> cut putting it on there. a headset. To, yeah, cut it there. Now, I love Gabe Newell. He's great. So, I mean, like I I love that I'm looking at this the thumbnail of this of this interview and he's doing it barefoot. He's just like sitting on a couch with no shoes on. Yeah, talking yeah. to the interviewer. It's fantastic. But but I don't I don't love the idea of this technology that I'm putting on my head to read my emotions, because I think that would be applied very well to video games. Like I'm, I, I admit I can imagine that being really fun uh, for a game to, to play with your perceptions based off of how you're feeling. I mean, that, 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 that could, that could change the game in a literal sense. But, but like when VR happened, it took less than a decade for it to be bought out by a company that wants to use it to further their advertisement algorithms and yeah. i just yeah. i just don't buy that if there's technology in the world that i can have someone sell me the opportunity to put on my head and read my emotions yeah that somebody won't figure out how to link that into like a discovery or recommendation feed and play with my my, my stats like um my, you know? my stats my lord <laughs> yeah well, like Enough people that I know, I think Alex has, I think Alex, you've said this before, maybe not, maybe it was a different friend, but like, I know a lot of people who do not want a smart device in their home because it freaks them out. Yeah. I have no shame because I have a smartphone and I know it's the same thing. Um, But like, would you, would you put on this stupid helmet? 
I would totally play a game with this it, helmet. It on, depends which helmet we're talking about, because again, there are two helmets. He's talking about one that is they're currently working on that, like just like detects sweat or whatever on your head, and like can gauge your emotions from that. The other helmet that he's like in the future is the one that I don't think. Once you start like getting invasive in my brain, I don't want any yeah. of that. It's yeah. like it's literally. Yeah. I I know you said this before we recorded, but it's like cyberpunk. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. Like no thanks, I don't want. Keanu Reeves living in my head rent free. Yeah. Yeah. You what know? if what if my, you know those that little joke about the kid? It's like, mom, I can't pause the game because it's online. What if they're playing a game and then their mom comes and yanks out the plug right right in the middle of die? them loading up their like AI companion and then they're like stuck in their head forever like Johnny what Silverhand. If, what if they? What if you unplug it where it dies and then you just no. die? <laughs> What if it yeah, what if it loses its battery while you're sleeping and you just never wake up again? What if you're what if you're what if you your valve index like the lenses break in the middle of a game and then you're you're stuck in the world forever? <laughs> you're like, oh Look, no. <laughs> all I'm saying, Gabe, is it would be cheaper and more effective to just make another Half-Life game. Wait, what if this is the new Half-Life game? Yo, that guys, is probably the what's new gonna happen. Half-Life yeah. game. No, the gimmick of the new Half-Life game, Half-Life 3, this is my prediction, okay? It's just VR. That's all it is. It's VR. That was the last one. No, I know, but Half-Life Alex is like, and I, and I just watched Noah Caldwell-Gervais video on this today, and he made a really good point. He said, maybe Valve doesn't care that so few people can play Half-Life Alex because it's essentially like a crowdsourced multi-million dollar testing ground. They throw it out in the world. And that way, when they make their groundbreaking VR game, they'll have already spent millions figuring out what works and what don't, what doesn't, <laughs> in the sort of like public field there so that when they release their breakout landmark VR game to move the medium forward, they'll have already banked on years of experimentation from other people, including themselves, rather than it being a clumsy foray into the genre. Like Valve didn't make Mario 64, right? They made half-life four or five years after 3d gaming was revolutionized but they perfected it in a certain different way like that makes sense to me for vr too i actually heard that physics in real life didn't exist until <laughs> valve invented physics valve invented physics, valve invented physics you that guys. wasn't even funny <laughs> but i'm having a really funny time thinking about it <laughs> When uh, when the civil protection officer was like, pick up that can, that was the first time gravity happened. God. Dude, when Barney Malhoon opened his helmet. Malhoon? What's his name? It's Calhoun. It's his name is Malhoon, right? No, it's Calhoun with a C. Cal Barney C. Calhoun? Yeah. Oh, anyway, it's that's... So much, it's so much more sophisticated than Malhoon. Malhoon! <laughs> when Barney Calhoun opened his helmet... And he saw that he wasn't actually a combine soldier. That was the first time that any video game character took off a helmet. <laughs> when Barney says, about that beer I owed you, suddenly companies started selling beer for the first time. The part in episode two, <laughs> when you found out that Dr. Magnuson was the one whose casserole you ruined, that was the first time that any video game sequel had continuity with a, with a, <laughs> with a previous game. It's the first time I've ever done that. When when Valve <laughs> created head crabs, that was the first time any idea of parasites were brought into the world. After that, they just started showing up, right? Because when Valve, Valve when Valve created head crabs, they simultaneously created 
the crustaceans and heads. <laughs> Before that, everyone was just walking around with a neck. When Valve created Ravenholm and Half-Life 2, nobody had ever paired survival and horror. It was when you, when you first see the train, this is the first train. When the G-Man shows up, Valve created business for the first time. Before that, that was never a thing. Hundreds of games had shooting and jumping, but never before had a game had shooting and jumping until Half-Life 2 Episode 1. Half-Life invented gender. <laughs> what? Half-Life actually invented oh, dogs. It was a bit of a misnumber <laughs> because there was a, a leak of the, uh, the companion dog in the game, and people couldn't make it quite like that, so they had to make an organic like wolf-based creature, you know? The gravity um, gun was actually history an, tidbit for you. The gravity gun was actually an accident because when Gabe Newell flipped the physics button and put physics into the game, everything started floating and they had no way to control it. So they had to put the gravity gun in so you could stop, you could control it. The appearance of Dr. Brain was the first time anyone had ever seen a screen in real life. They in Valve invented that. Dr. Screen? <laughs> yeah, there were never screens before Before Dr. Brain shows up and says, Welcome to City 17. It's a, it's, it's a common about that. Thank you. <laughs> it's a common yeah. misconception in Half-Life. It's a common misconception among fans of Half-Life 2 that the Combine created a defertility field to prevent people from having children. In reality, before Half-Life 2, nobody knew about procreation. There were so it, no just wasn't, it just didn't exist yet. And then yeah. actually Dr. Breen brought it up and then, and then we were like, why don't we do that? Yeah, that's a good idea, Dr. Breen. <laughs> Thanks. The thing about this future helmet is that Gabe Newell is making it so that we forget these things. <laughs> he doesn't want us to remember. I got that in the last Q drop. <laughs> Dude, what if QAnon was an ARG for Half-Life 3? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, go back. We don't need it. What if what if Donald Trump came on the under TV screen in like 2023 and he was like, welcome to city 18. Oh! My benefactors have decided. Oh, we have fun here. Wake up and smell the ashes. <laughs> Dr. Freeman. As for the suit, I believe we've invented it. Uh, guys... I know that right now our editors and at least like a few of our fans are like, I don't know what any of this means. Like, Go play Half-Life. It's a good video game. Do you also present <laughs> that Gabe Newell both lives in a COVID-free or is in a COVID-free area and hasn't made Half-Life? I resent Gabe Newell, in, Gabe Newell in general because he's like a technical wizard. He like lost a ton of weight and growed his beard. He looks great. And he lives in a COVID-free environment and he's a multimillionaire. Dude, this is like Peter Jackson- he, like, lost a bunch of weight, lives yeah. in New Zealand, and also goes shoeless. It's exactly like Peter Jackson. Holy sh- I bet they hang out. I bet they I know bet each they other. The The studio that worked on Lord of the Rings, unrelated movie trivia, actually works pretty closely with Valve for some of their creature designs. Uh, Weta Interactive or Weta yeah. Interactive? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Well, I'd say... That's the news for the week. <laughs> that was new. You learned so much about how, all the things Valve has created. And you know what? I did not announce the date of recording at the beginning of this episode, but as a little, as a little shout out to, to Emerald's Very Special Food podcast, who called us out for announcing the date. Guess what? After a certain point in time, the news changes. It's important to us that people know that sometimes this was made in... Hey, yeah, on, food is always <laughs> the same. Second. Food is always the fucking same. Bread tastes on, like bread stop. every day. Well, calm, calm down, you guys. <laughs> calm down, you guys. 
I'm not I'm not I'm not dissing what? Emerald's amazing food podcast. I am just saying What if it's, it's like a different bread? <laughs> or what if you just like put the wrong amount of like flour in it? Look, I'm just saying that if you don't announce the date on your food podcast, people might think you're eating rotten food. Look, look, you know the- the, uh, the food fumble hotline taught me how to make pancakes. I sent them an email and I tried it out and it worked. I'm yeah, that I'm podcast just rules. That podcast yeah, is cool. That podcast rules. I'm, and I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. So I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm today saying is it. January 31st, 2021. This has been episode 52 of the Emerald Games cast. My name is Nolan. With me has been. I'm Gabe Newell's butt. <laughs> and also, as always, I'm Gabe Newell's beard. And if you want to email us, you can do it at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com, or you can send Wait, your... beer could mean something else. That's I'm, true, I'm, it could. I'm Gabe Noah's glasses. I don't, okay. think I'm, I don't think Gabe Noah has a beard. Well, he, he has like a beard beard, not like a beard. Could send your, uh, like, a, like a screenshot. This is your homework. A screenshot of the Wikipedia page of the first video game that you consider... To have a physics engine no. and you can send that to our twitter no don't do that i want you to instead of taking a screenshot go into half-life alex draw the game on the whiteboard on the yeah, whiteboard yeah. and then send us a picture of that but it's like it's like pictionary you can't write the title yeah you have to draw it so that we can guess it yeah our new weekly game will be <laughs> what is this drawing in half-life alex we'll come up with a, a quippy title later you have to buy a hundred dollar or a thousand dollar headset and however it's powerful your computer needs to be though before that so <laughs> we're kind of yeah. gonna like exclusionary gate this one out for you so uh good luck with that yeah, yeah. Uh, but until then uh we'll see you next week when we record on february 6th i'll say it again when, it, when it's the day of <laughs> <laughs> see you then <laughs>